This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Thank you, Kareem. So you're asking oil companies to further lower gas prices. What makes you think that they are going to listen to an administration that is ultimately trying to put them out of business? How, how is the administration trying to put them out of business? Well, they produce fossil fuels, and this president says he wants to end fossil fuel. Thanks, everybody. People, I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It's October 21st in the year of 2022. It's a Friday. I hope you're ready for a weekend of fun and pleasure and not so much politics. Uh, but we're gonna do a little bit of politicking today. As always, we are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. Subscribe to all of our channels. Why not? Like, really, think about it. Why not, man? Come on, woman, whatever you are, get to it. He, she, come on, subscribe. All right, do it. Uh, we got a Ruben Report Locals community Q&A for you today, but I do want to do two stories before we get to the questions, because uh, there's some interesting things happening in the world. There are moments that are markers that make you go, oh, maybe there really are trends that most people can't quite see yet uh, that are important trends. Uh, one of them would be a couple weeks ago, Tulsi Gabbard leaving the Democrat party, something the mainstream media obviously not gonna pay too much attention to because they run cover for the Democrats. Uh, well, Hollywood actor Mark Wahlberg, and of course you guys know Mark Wahlberg from, well, he was in some of the Transformer movies, he was in Boogie Nights, he was a Calvin Klein model. Give me another Mark Wahlberg movie, come on, give me something. So, what? I said Transformers, you're obviously not paying attention. You, Max Payne, I don't think I saw that one. Anyway, he's an actor and uh, he's leaving Cali. Not only leaving Cali, uh, but he's going to a place where he plans on recreating Cali. We'll get to that in a little bit. And then we showed you yesterday just a little tiny bite of this protest at uh, AOC's rally in her home district. The people have absolutely had it with her and she seems to be having some sort of mental breakdown. So we'll get to that. It's a lot of fun, uh, but let's start with this Mark Wahlberg situation. So Mark Wahlberg, who's A-list actor, I'm pretty sure he's got some Oscars. Uh, he also did that show on uh, HBO. He did Entourage. Entourage, it was basically based on his life. Uh, well, he is getting the hell out of not only California, but Los Angeles specifically. Uh, and he went on a TV show to explain why. Well, that is the biggest challenge right there, Cheryl, as you know. Uh, you know, every free moment that I have, I'm at home. You know, I'm literally, I moved to Nevada where, where after this gubernatorial election, hopefully we'll go to legislation and get a bill passed so we can get tax credits for the state, build a state-of-the-art studio here uh, and make this Hollywood 2.0. I wanna be able to work from home. I moved cool. to California many years ago to pursue acting and I've only made a couple of movies in the entire time that I was there. So to be able to give my kids a better life and follow and pursue their dreams, whether it be my daughter as an equestrian, my son as a basketball player, my youngest son as a golfer, you know, this made a lot more sense for 
for us um, to go and hopefully build a studio as well as a shoe factory and uh, a factory for municipal. So we came here to, uh, you know, just kind of give ourselves a new look, a fresh start for the kids. And there's lots of opportunity here. So I'm excited. I'm really excited about the future. Lots of opportunity in Nevada, not lots of opportunity in Los Angeles. I love how at some point when you become so rich and so influential when he's talking about what his kids, he's like, yeah, uh, daughter's gonna be an equestrian, other son's gonna be a basketball player. What was the other one, like baseball player or something? It's just like, there's something to be said for success and how that it can help the generation behind you. That's, uh, that's pretty sweet. Um, but in essence, he's leaving and he went on to continue to talk about it uh, because Los Angeles has become a dump. There are high taxes, there are no business opportunities that goes across California. It would be very hard not only to open a studio, which is what he wants to do, but imagine how would you open a brick and mortar store if you were just uh, trying to open a sneaker store? If you were trying to open quite literally anything, you wanna open a barber shop, how would you do that in Los Angeles knowing that they could just bust through your windows, knowing that you're gonna be taxed high, knowing that they have all the regulations related to who you're gonna hire and how much you have to pay them and all of those things. So you know when a guy, he's gotta be worth, can I get a net worth on Mark Wahlberg? I know those net worth things aren't totally, uh, you know, they're not totally on the money, no, it's, uh, no pun intended. Um, but I, the guy's probably worth 100 million bucks or something like that. And he's saying, hey, the opportunities are not here for me and my family. I think that is a real marker of what is going on with probably a lot of Hollywood celebs, a lot of people getting out. A lot of them are going to Montana, by the way. Uh, I've been just given some information. He's worth roughly, this is just on an internet search, a cool $400 million. That's more than I've got. You guys, no, no you're doing all right. Your boss is a good dude. Uh, anyway, I just thought that was interesting and worth noting. And then of course, let's take it from California to New York because AOC was given a speech and she's up for re-election right now. She actually has a contested election and who knows, maybe she won't be in our hair much longer. Uh, she is being protested at a lot of her events lately and she seems to be having some sort of nervous breakdown. So people are very frustrated with AOC. I think her own constituents are like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, you were supposed to help us here in this district, but you've been for all of these big spending bills. Our economy's not doing so great, say across the country, but right here at home, you're into all of this woke stuff. The woman who was yelling there uh, was in essence saying, hey, there's only two genders, male and female. AOC obviously is not all about that. Um, and people are not happy that she's been voting for all this money for Ukraine and to escalate the war and the rest of it. And it's like, she just kind of sits there and she's mocking these people and the rest of it. And it's like, you know, lady, you have not felt any adversity in your life. I, I am really willing to put that out there. Any real adversity. She pretends she's a victim, right? She's a progressive, so you have to be a victim. Uh, but she has not faced any adversity and certainly no adversity when it comes to defending her ideas, right? The mainstream media absolutely loves her. She goes on CNN 
and you know they they basically hand her candy and just let her do her thing. Uh, that's in essence what they do everywhere. She gets on the cover of Mademoiselle and Cosmopolitan and everything else. If you are a uh, Republican that's new to the Congress, that might be thought of as kind of cool and new and fun. They treat you a little bit differently, much like Myra Flores, the Republican who won the Democrat seat for 100 years in the border town in Texas. And the New York Times basically said she was the leader of the new Latina or Latinx far right. That's what's going on over there. So when people come and protest her, now, by the way, I am not for protesters interrupting speeches. I have been interrupted a gajillion times. There's many videos of it. If you haven't seen the video that I think it's got millions and millions of views on YouTube, uh, Google Dave Rubin University at, of New Hampshire and watch these crazy lunatic students coordinate screaming at me and all of this stuff and bringing noisemakers and everything else. I'm not for that. I, I like peaceful protest. You respect the speaker. Hopefully the speaker will respect you. It's why at every event that I do, I let people who disagree with me come up first. Um, but putting, putting aside the sort of um, the tactics of what these people were doing, I think people have had it. And, and it is AOC herself who many times has tweeted that the point of protest is to make people uncomfortable, get in their face, right? What did Maxine Waters say? Get them, get in their face. Don't find out where they're eating. Don't give them a moment's safety, blah, blah, blah. That is what Democrat rhetoric has done. And now it's coming home. The chickens are coming home to roost, lady. And uh, I, think, I, I think there's a chance we're not gonna have much, much more with her. I think she could lose this election. I think anything is possible. That is how frustrated and sick of the woke people are. On that note, let's get to the rubenreport.locals.com community Q&A. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Uh, Cicito says, now that the boys are here, do you feel your life is more complete? I know Jordan talked about how a life is more fulfilling with a family. Well, Jordan talking about that, especially on tour when I was with him for that year and a half, that, as you guys know, that was one of the things that really moved me on having kids and the fact that David really wanted kids and I had never put major thought into it and I was so, and I've been so focused on my career for so long and then my career started to really take off so I thought, okay, maybe I can, it's not that I'm taking the, uh, my foot off the pedal because I'm still as focused as I've ever been here, but maybe I can find a little more room uh, to expand my life in different ways. So uh, to directly answer your question, yes, my life feels denser, I guess is the way I would describe it. You know, since you mentioned Jordan, when I was on tour with Jordan, when he would have a particularly good show and I would always have the best seat in the house, right? So I'm, I'm just sitting right behind that curtain. So I can not only watch Jordan kind of from the side and behind, but I can see the thousands of people. And Jordan would walk off stage, we'd give him a high five or something, and I on a good night, and they were almost they were almost all great, <laughs> but on on just you know on a good night, I would say Jordan, that show was dense. It felt thick. It felt like you got to kind of move through it and use some effort to get through it, as opposed to a thin show, you know, like putting your finger through a wet paper bag. And that is sort of how my life feels now. It feels more dense. I, I'm waking up in the middle of the night sometimes, there's feedings, there's diaper changes, there's just sitting, moments of sitting with the baby smiling, knowing that the ideas that I'm fighting for, but I don't even mean the political ideas, like trying to be a good person so that this 
uh, kid, I think of it more in, in terms of Luke, because now he's of t almost 10 weeks, so he's really uh, mature now. Uh, uh, sorry, Justin, but Luke as well, it's like, I want them to be able to look at me and think, there's a good dude. The guy that brought me into the world, one of the guys, uh, he's, he's a pretty good dude, and he's mapped out a way that I can be a good dude. So yeah, I would say my life does feel, uh, it feels bigger and more important, I suppose. Uh, Snow says, since Stacey Abrams is saying abortion is a solution to inflation, what outrageous thing do you think the Dems might say next? So in case you missed the show yesterday, yeah, this is a thing. It's an actual thing. Stacey Abrams went on television and basically said forcing women to uh, give birth, in essence, is a drain on their pocketbook. And this is then causing inflation. I mean, it's just so, like, unbelievably insane what she's saying. Uh, and it's just so like, are you truly a death cult, you people, that you think somehow aborting babies would be a solution to a recession or, or to make the inflation less? Like, it's, uh, it's gross. Um, what's next with these people? There's almost nothing you can take off the table. What would, what could they possibly do that you'd be like, boy, I'm really surprised that the Democrats did that. There's almost nothing. They are endorsing drag shows for kids. This is out there all the time now. There are videos every day of drag shows with these are grown adult men who dress up like slutty women and say wildly inappropriate things and grab their crotch and a whole bunch of other stuff. And somehow they've got them reading children's book to kids. Uh, I'm fairly certain if you would have said to somebody seven years ago, do you know that pretty much every Democrat would be for drag shows for kids? You'd be like, well, you're nuts. And now it's here. So there is almost nothing that they wouldn't, that would be too crazy for them. And that's why they must be stopped. And that's why this election is so important. Kathy says, I see you're hiring. What are the most important qualities you look for in a candidate? What impresses you the most in a potential job candidate? So yeah, so right now we're hiring a, a, a social media manager and uh, a graphics designer and, and we're, things are good here. So we're, we're gonna keep hiring and keep bringing on more people. First off, if you are a social media manager, if you are a graphics designer, if you got some of those skills and you think you wanna be part of the team, you can email us uh, jobs at rubenreport.com. The way we do the hiring here is I have my guys look through the initial batch of resumes. You know, we, we already got it. We posted it on, uh, on Instagram and in locals, obviously, and a couple other places. So we got a ton of resumes already. So I have my guys look through the initial part, make sure these people are roughly qualified. And then once we have that sort of rough qualification, I have David and Daphne and now Phoenix, we'll all take a Zoom call with people, just chat them up a little bit, kind of see how they, if they feel like they'd fit. We're also deciding, does this person have to be here in Miami or are we willing to do, allow this job to be remote? My, personal preferences, I like having people around, but I'm actually kind of open on, on this one because uh, it's not somebody that has to necessarily be in studio with me. Um, but once they clear that round, then they get to me. And when once they're with me, almost everyone that we've hired, it's like, I just kind of want to feel your vibe. I just want to feel like, oh, like, do you, are you really passionate about this? Do you strike me as somebody that's honest and decent? Are you going to work hard? Are you going to be reliable? Uh, I've said it a couple times, but I think the best thing that I've done in hiring is that everyone that I have around me right now, nobody screws up anything. And if, Connor, you screw up something on the show today, that would be pretty messed up. Um, nobody screws up anything. Like if I ask for something to get done, it gets done. Nothing falls through the cracks. Um, like we, we, are, we are tight and airtight. If someone isn't feeling well or someone's got to go somewhere for a couple hours, everyone picks up the slack 
And we've built something really kind of cohesive here. So I want to make sure whoever we bring in will fit within that. And I also uh, wouldn't want them to be a crazed, woke nut job. That's also important. Uh, USA says, Dave, did you know you're running a cult? My friend recently accused me of being consumed by a cult for stating opinions contradictory to her own. Since you're my primary news source, I believe that makes you the cult leader. Boy, we should be drinking some Kool-Aid today. Uh, that's very, that's very exciting. I am a, I am a cult leader. Well, you know, if, if it's a cult of freedom, then I can get on board that cult. Yeah, it's so weird. Isn't it so weird? You tell people your basic opinions. Hey, I don't want the government involved in that much. Hey, I want to have choice for people, whether it's whether they're going to get injected with things or what school their kids go to. Hey, I'd like uh, low taxes so people can figure out what to do with their money as opposed to a bureaucrat figuring out what to do. You're in a cult. It's like we, ironically, they're the ones that have to be deprogrammed, right? We're always talking about deprogramming cult members. Well, unfortunately, the, the radical left, the, the wokesters, what, the, what is the driving force behind the Democrat, Democrat party has become cult-like and we got some deprogramming to do. Uh, Glenn says, if Mr. Putin gets to a point where he feels he's winning in, U uh, where he feels winning in Ukraine won't be possible without acceptable losses, what do you think are the chances of him feeling he has no choice but to order nukes on Ukraine and possibly other countries? And if he does give the order, do you think there's a chance it could be disobeyed? And what should the U.S. response be if the worst case happens? Uh, so first off, I am going to interview, I think we're doing it later today, so it'll be up next week. I'm going to interview David Sachs. Uh, David Sachs is a tech guy, uh, but he's become one of the most outspoken critics of our policy related to what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. And I think he's really hitting the right notes and one of the driving forces behind, hey, let's not get to, to World War III on this. So, uh, so hopefully you'll get some insight from that interview. I would say to specifically answer your questions, um, well, first on the would they not listen to him part if he was to order nukes, I guess anything's possible, but pretty much the way Russia works, like if you're the one guy who's not following orders, you're most likely gonna get killed. Let's remember that when uh, World War II ended and the Nazi regime collapsed, and then they had the Nuremberg trials and all these other trials where they were putting Nazis on trial, and everyone said, well, I was just following orders, I was just following orders. So that sort of pressure, when you know you're doing something wrong, um, but you still do it. it, it's a pressure we all feel. Like, look at two years of COVID. Look, look the way man turned on man, husband turned on wife, like all of it, citizen turned on citizen. Um, do I think he would launch nukes? I do. I think that if you pin this guy, I've been saying this from the beginning, I mean, find whatever the first video I did when this all started. If you take a guy who has nukes, and even if he does a bunch of bad stuff, if you don't give him some way to get out of that, some way to save face, he knows, well, his regime will collapse, and then he will be out on the streets where they will be hunting him down. Remember those last days of Gaddafi, where literally people were hunting him down, he was in hiding, and then finally he died as a, one of the guys chasing him literally took a knife and jammed it up his ass. I am pretty sure that is not how Putin wants to go down. So would he, he has chosen this war against the West. Uh, he chose to invade a sovereign nation. Now he had his reasons. He believes that Ukraine should be part of Mother Russia. He didn't like NATO getting closer to his borders. Okay, fine. But at the end of the day, if he feels he is truly threatened and they're gonna have regime change in, in uh, Russia, which Biden accidentally said very early on, and then he said, we're having Armageddon and he can't remain leader and all of these crazy things, 
It's like, there, I don't think there is anything he would not do in the name of self-preservation, which by the way, is how most people would behave. Uh, Zionist says, I recently saw your excellent interview with conservative Israeli podcaster, Gadi Taub. I know you're busy with the babies, but when will you come to Israel? Shapiro has been here quite a bit lately, as has Jordan Peterson. Please come before the boys bar mitzvah. Well, I've got about 13 years for that, roughly, so I think I can get there before then. Uh, ben actually just got back. I think he was in Israel for a month and a half, did a bunch of shows there. Uh, and Jordan and Ben, actually, they went to Jerusalem together, uh, and Jordan is taping a whole bunch of stuff that's an extension of his biblical series. So I'm, I'm actually very excited to see that. And I know that Jordan's wanted to go to Israel for a long, long time. We were gonna extend the tour and go into Israel and then some of the Western European countries and then just things got a little bit messy and some health stuff, so it didn't happen. Um, but I would love to get back to Israel. I've been invited several times to go to uh, some conferences. I think in 2023, we're gonna do, I mean, we're already, I know we're already in the planning stages of a European tour that will include Israel. So stay tuned and we'll probably have a couple weeks on the road where we'll talk to political leaders and I'll speak at conferences and we'll do some, some comedy stuff and all that good stuff. And I'll eat hummus and baba ganoush and the rest of it. Uh, X House says, hey Dave, did you play any, on any sports teams growing up? And do you think you'll encourage your sons to play on any sports teams? First off, let me say, I told the guys this week, I think one of the reasons I've been in such a good mood all week. So, you know, I blew out my ACL seven years ago playing basketball and I just stopped playing. My knee just felt weak and I just stopped playing. And I so regret it because over the last couple of weeks, I met some guys down here. One of the guys has a full court at his house and I'm playing every Tuesday night, couple hours, and I wear three braces. I wear a freaking ace bandage, I wear a sleeve and I wear like the metal, like Transformers contraption on my knee but I'm playing again and I'm playing really well. I'm hitting shots, I still got the finger roll. Like I can't do everything I used to do, but I so regret such a mistake. So if any of you have a banged up something that you should get that surgery on, just go out and get it. Um, I'm actually getting PRP on my knee. That's, I think some of you know about that. That's when they literally take your blood, they spin it in the centrifuge, they inject, the, I think it's the plasma of your blood or the hemoglobin or something. They inject it back into you and your own cells then can replicate and, and strengthen around whatever part of your body you put it back in. That's what women do, The uh, women, I guess men do it too, the vampire facial that the Kardashians have done. It's that sort of thing. So I'm getting that in my knee. It can't replicate my ACL, but it can kind of put it together. Anyway, so basketball is my main sport, as you can tell. Um, and yes, I can't, we have a basketball he court here. I cannot wait to get those guys out there. And uh, Justin and Luke, and I'll you know, teach, them, teach them some moves and how to shoot and all that stuff. I, I just can't wait for that. Uh, Sherry says, what do you do when life is too crazy or stressful or you find yourself in a panic or you're frozen in the face of some problem? You know, as you guys know, my, my general temperament is kind of cool. And I think a lot of stress-related things come from your temperament. Some people burn real hot, some people kind of cooler, some people in the middle, uh, but people that run cool, you still, you're still gonna be faced with stress, right? Like I've had financial stresses in my life, I've had familial stresses, all, all the stuff that everybody has. Um, one thing that I try to do, if, I, if I'm really stressed out, I, I really try, first off, I try to stay away from my phone for a little while because this thing which was supposed to make us more social has usually made us uh, far more antisocial and anxiety-ridden. Um, but if I'm stressed or if I'm just trying to work through a problem, like if, I just, if there's just something going on, uh, I find just a simple walk. I know that may sound corny or not that insightful, 
Uh, but I find it, I'll just grab Clyde, I'll, I usually do it with Clyde, and I'll just take a walk for a while. And you know, it's funny, I'm, I, I don't have a great sense of direction, and if I don't have my phone, I can still get lost in my new neighborhood here. Like, it's kind of very, a lot of trees everywhere. I, sometimes I don't even know where I'm going. I'll just wander, wander, wander. That, that kind of works for me. I think just taking a couple breaths, like little kind of simple, simple things work. And uh, yeah, I'd be interested in hearing how you guys deal with stress because uh, this is a, it's like a bizarrely stressful time, even though there's so much goodness and so many advancements that we have, but everyone feels stressful because of the endless war that's going on in our pocket. Uh, Hippie says, Dave, I know how you feel about Star Wars, but I need to know how you feel about the Lord of the Rings. I have never heard you mention it, and I'm curious to know if you're a fan. I, I don't love Lord of the Rings. I don't, you, you love, wait, what's the thing with you? You love them or you hate them? Or you think, what, what is it? You love it. You, so Connor loves Lord of the Rings. I hold him in high regard when it comes to, to comedy and, and movies. What, where's you, where do you stand on Lord of the Rings? Phoenix, not into it. Too, very dismissive the way you did that. You don't care for it. In, what do you like? You like, oh, you like The Hobbit, not Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, whatever. That, that's the same thing, man, Hobbit. You got a little guy with a hairy foot and a bunch of, a bunch of his friends. I just never loved the movies. I, I don't know. I'm also one of these people where it's like, to me, it's like you got to pick Seinfeld or Friends. You can't like both, so I'm Seinfeld. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. I'm Star Wars, despite what they've done. You know what I mean? I can't, ha I can't you know, you could say to me, uh, you like... Uh, do you like Journey or Chicago? Journey, obviously. That's just how I operate. So there we are. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't have cable anymore. But I will say back in the day when I had cable and Lord of the Rings would be on TNT a lot, it was the type of thing that I could just stop. You know, you're always, when you're just like flipping, remember the old days of flipping the channel? I don't do it anymore because I don't have cable. But back in the day, for you kids, you may not know this, we used to have cable television that had uh, commercials, and during the commercials, you'd be flipping to find something else because God forbid you sit there and not actually pay attention to something for a moment. So I'd be flipping. If I found Lord of the Rings, it was one of the things I could stop on. Also Shawshank. Shawshank's always on and you always stop on it. Jupanese, that's funny, says, with two daddies with the same name, what will your boy, boys call each of you? So right now, although the kids are not talking yet, but I have a feeling Justin's gonna be an early talker because he's making all sorts of crazy sounds already. Uh, I'm going to be dad and David will be daddy. I was also, we had many discussions about it and we'll see, I mean, if they start calling us different things or opposite things, whatever, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, I could also go down as big daddy because Blanche's father in the Golden Girls was Big Daddy, and when I've been doing my Georgian accent on the show, it's based a little bit on Big Daddy. I do declare. Um, I could also could have also been Pops. I was really okay with being Pops, because Pops, to me, is the old guy at the basketball court, and then there's like nine kids playing, and they need one guy, and then Pops is sitting there under the tree, maybe drinking a lemonade, and then they're like, yo, Pops, you wanna play? And then Pops gets out there, and Pops can still do some stuff, and then, Pops tells the stories of, you know, that kids love to hear about old basketball players that they've never heard of. Kids love hearing that sort of thing. So I could have been Pops, but I was told Pops, too old, sounds too old. Michelle says, Dave, my third grade catechism class talked about places on earth where we are in awe. Yellowstone, Guadalajara, Colorado, and about taking a moment to say thanks. Where was the last place you went that left you in awe and wonder? This one I know for sure. Uh, a few times that we've gone off the grid, we have been fortunate enough to go to Bora Bora. Bora Bora is in French Polynesia. 
It's these little islands, you've all seen pictures of them, that there's basically nothing there but those huts over the water. Um, it's not cheap, like it's worth saving up and trying to get there. You, you most likely, depending on where you're coming from, have to take several flights um, and, and definitely boat rides as well. Like it's an operation to get there. But when you are sitting in one of these units above the water and you, you can see all the fish, these gorgeous, huge, extraordinary fish and sharks sometimes right below you because some of the, some of the uh, units have glass bottom floors. And when you wake up and you know, you've got just glass in front of you and you open those doors and you're on your porch and you got a coffee maker in your room and you're having coffee just laying there and you might be naked, I'm just saying, and you're just laying there and all you see is the horizon. You just see water forever. And then at the edge of the water, you see the sky. And it is so peaceful. It is so wonderful. Um, I miss it. I miss it. Obviously, we didn't do it this August. We had, we had a baby. Uh, but I do hope I can get there again at some point. Like, it is just so magical. Like, you feel like, you feel like you're at the edge of the universe. You know, like, what is beyond that? What is beyond that over there? It's just, it's just awesome. Uh, Love says, now that Rumble has gone public, do you think Joe Rogan would consider switching his program to Rumble? Please make him a deal, uh, make him a deal he can't refuse. Well, as you guys know, I was, I, it was my idea to offer him the 100 mil. I wrote the, the press release to, or the, the request that went to him um, and, uh, and he did not take it. He was, he's still under a deal with Spotify. You can't just walk. And the Spotify deal I'm told is worth probably two or 300 million when you add up a whole bunch of things. Look, Rumble's in the game now. We are a public company. We got plenty of cash. We'd love to have Joe. We would not have any of his episodes censored. You know, Spotify still has, I think it's about a hundred episodes of his show that are censored, not on Spotify. He could bring them all to Rumble. Uh, I think we just have to keep building good things. You know, I, I am just a firm believer in that. If you build it, they will come. And if you just do good work, you build good things. And then you show people, hey, we have a set of principles. We got a good product. We're decent people. Come on down. I think people will, will come. So uh, yeah, if I, if I connect with Joe again, I, I'm happy to make the offer in person. And, uh, and we shall see. I think it would be a wise move for him. I, I don't think although our podcast is also on Spotify, like Spotify has made it clear that free speech is not the, the, the prime driver of what they do. Rumble as a company, free speech is the thing. You are allowed to come on Rumble and make videos about how you don't like Dave Rubin and say all sorts of mean things about me or whatever you wanna do. Uh, again, if you break the laws of the United States, as I always say, you got a much bigger problem than us. But, but beyond that, we are, we are here to be a neutral platform, which I think is exactly what everybody wants. Uh, Eliza says, do you think that the trend of Democrats refusing to debate their Republican opponents was a planned strategic move by the Democrat party power players to avoid having to address their horrible record on every issue? That's a good question because is it coming top down or bottom up? So the, the main example of what you're talking about is that Katie Hobbs in Arizona is refusing to debate Carrie Lake. And Carrie Lake really, I think if anyone has become the all-star, the superstar, politically during this election season. I think it's her more than anyone else. She's hitting the mainstream media. She used to be a journalist. She's fact-based. She's obviously very pretty. She is a great TV presence. She gets it. She gets it and she's there and she's fighting. She's challenging her to, to debates and Katie Hobbs is hiding. Katie Hobbs is like, well, we got 30 days left and I got some fundraisers and uh, And she's just got nothing left. To me, if a major political party says, hey, you're our guy or you're our gal, meaning a Republican party says it or a Democrat uh, says it, you should be tied into debating. You cannot duck a debate at that point. 
right? Like it just should not be allowed. However, the system has to operate to make that so. Uh, how embarrassing, to, like how dare Katie Hobbs, if you think about it, I am here to run this state. That's what I would like to do. You citizens, I would like you to vote for me so I can run this state, so I can figure out, I can be the chief executive and figure out the best way for Arizona to go forward. But I won't ask or answer any questions that my opponent gives me. And I won't just stand there and, uh, and honestly combat this person's ideas. I just won't do that. But you should just trust that I'm gonna do the right thing when I'm in power. It's, it's, uh, it's really embarrassing actually. As to whether it's coming from her specifically or her campaign or the top down, it, it might be a little bit of both. It might depend on the race. It might depend on the state. I, I don't know exactly, but it should not surprise any of us. And I suspect it will be a trend that will continue, which by the way, was, was a clever move in them always calling us all racists and Nazis, because if there was a racist and a Nazi, would you debate them? And that's kind of what she's trying to say here. I don't have to debate that person. That person's an election denying, crazy white supremacist, blah, blah, blah. Maybe not, maybe not. Uh, Lynn says, since the CDC is going to add COVID vax to the list of required childhood shots, will Florida buck the trend and refuse? Yes, I, already, I saw a video uh, this morning. You know what, can we lay in a little bit of it? All right, we're gonna lay in a little bit of it right now. There's been a lot of questions uh, to our office about uh, the CDC protected, uh, potentially adding COVID vaccine to the childhood immunization schedule. And I know a lot of parents are concerned about that because if that's on the immunization schedule, the fear is that schools could potentially mandate your child to get a COVID shot even if that's not something that you want to do. So I just want to let everyone be clear, you know, as long as I'm around and as long as I'm kicking and screaming, uh, there will be no COVID shot mandates for your kids. That is your decision. Man, does that make me proud to be a Floridian or what? God bless Ron DeSantis. Uh, it, it is just absolutely fantastic what he is doing here. And if that means we need to see more and more of a separation of red state and blue state, and these, these states just have to go their separate ways, I am actually completely fine with that. Uh, the idea that you would trust the CDC at this point to inject things to, into your children as a new father is so profoundly, uh, it's just off the charts for me. It is off the charts. What are you gonna do, you gonna come get me? No, I live, I live in the free state of Florida. I make, I make decisions for myself and my family. Uh, very proud to be a Floridian in case you didn't know that. Oh, and I'll be going to the, uh, the Florida debate uh, in a couple days. There is one gubernatorial debate. It is Ron DeSantis versus Charlie Crist, and it's going to be a bloodbath in DeSantis's favor. Uh, so I will be there. I'll see if I can do some live streaming and certainly we'll take some pictures and videos and that sort of stuff. Uh, Elizabeth says, at the end of your career, which is hopefully a long time from now because you're awesome, what do you hope you'll be remembered for? I think it would be something like he tried. He tried to bring a little bit of sanity in a very insane world. Like as everyone went nuts and everybody just made politics everything and people tried to destroy each other and everything else for whatever mistakes he made or predictions he made that were wrong or whatever, that he tried to tell people that there are good ideas out there and he tried to shine some light on those good ideas and help people understand you don't have to just rely on, on other people and governments for help. You have something within you that is special and worthwhile and I think my life is an example of it. I just started saying what I thought and the next thing you know, I have, I have virtually everything I want in my life.
like there's something there. As I discussed with Bill Maher, like that's the universe. The universe is out there and you can grab some pieces of it and put together something that is pretty close to what you want in life. I really believe that every single one of you watching this, there's something you want to do in your life, whatever that means. Does it mean you want to be a great parent? Does it mean you want to be a, a tech entrepreneur? Does it mean you want to be a, a, a soccer player? Well, you know what, if you, let's say whatever you want it to be, if you want to be a great basketball player, I would love to be in the NBA. I don't, I don't really care about the NBA anymore, but I would have loved to have been a professional basketball player. Like that was not in the cards, but I still love playing basketball. You, you gotta just find some stuff you like and go for it, go for it. And then you start building a family and a community around you and you can change the world. I really, really, really believe that you can. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, if you have not subscribed already, please do at rumble.com slash rubenreport, and you can always join us for live chat and much more at rubenreport.locals.com. And we leave you with, uh, I haven't said anything about, oh no, I did say something about Cali today, and I didn't put any cash in the jar because I ran out of cash. I got, I got this whole thing, but I ran out of cash, so we got to get some more cash. But we leave you with the cold close. This is back in 2007 when evil soulless lizard person, who at the time was the mayor of San Francisco, Gavin Newsom, had to apologize for an affair he was having with his secretary, who was also the wife of his deputy chief of staff, who he supposedly was friends with. Anyway, he's a horrible person. Have a nice weekend. Thank you all for uh, coming here on short notice. Uh, Want to make it clear that everything you've heard and read is true. Uh, and I am deeply sorry about that. I've hurt someone I care deeply about, Alex Turk, his friends and family, and that is something that I have to live with and something that I am deeply sorry for. I am also sorry that I've let the people of San Francisco down. Uh, they expect a lot of their mayor and my personal lapse of judgment aside, uh, I am committed to restoring their trust and confidence and will work very hard in the upcoming months to make sure that the business of running the city is framed appropriately. I also want to extend uh, a personal apology to everyone in our administration, to my staff that I just met with, uh, to my friends uh, and my family members. Uh, I am uh, deeply sorry. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report direct message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.